Welcome everyone to the Wildlands. I'm David. And I'm Matt. And today's episode, we're going to talk about gear selection, what you need for the fish to feed, as well as conservation methods, things being implemented for our sport. And also stay tuned near the end of the episode as we're going to talk about our product of the day. So let's jump right into it. All right, so for the very first topic of the day that we're going to do, we were talking about gear selection, things you need for the fish to feed. Now, what we mean by that is really just things that we believe that you, in the sport of fishing, can utilize to your advantage to be able to catch something. Exactly. Like, when we talk about this, we mean a bunch of different things, saying, you know, to start off, proper gear for your target species, rod selection, reel selection, I mean, if you're fishing with waders, th- that makes a difference in, in certain yeah, years. Exactly. You know? yeah, the pack you're going to use, are you going out for a day trip, an overnight trip, or yep. uh, you know, a fun day at the water? Yeah. You know, and then at the end, we'll, we might just give you a little uh, a little pointer in the right direction for maybe your first setup. You know, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like when we're talking about, uh, let's let's start it off with rod selection. Yeah. Because like, obviously you're going fishing, you need a rod, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, like that's an important. You one. need a rod. And there, there are plenty of variations in the rod selection that you can have. But I mean, like Matt and I, we have a good, let's say, background in the whole fishing, you know, community industry and everything like that to say that, you know, what we can give you as an option or what we can suggest as an option, uh, I believe is a valid point and also a, a tool that you can use to your advantage. Uh, I mean, myself personally, being part of drift fishing, we use a lot of fly rods. Uh, and I mean, there are rods that will vary from, uh, you know, lightweight. What is it? Light, uh, light, not lightweight. It's, uh, you have medium light action. You yeah, have uh, medium heavy action yeah. and, and all these things. You have four piece rods, two piece rods, Your single flex index. You're exactly, you know. uh, myself personally, I, Absolutely enjoy the four-piece rods. Yeah, I think they're here. the way to go. I used to be two-piece rod kind of guy, and, yeah. and first four-piece, I was like, you know, yeah. sold right away. Exactly. I mean, you have that portability, you have the packability of it, and just being able to really, you know, bring everything with you. And, and most times, sometimes even you'll, you'll have companies that'll offer in a four-piece rod, they'll offer an extra tip into yep. the package. That's 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 a nice option. I mean, yeah, I've never broke one. I've, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about, Dave. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I've never broke the the uh, tip or a fly rod at all. But I, I just find that courteous of the the new brands. You know, like yeah, absolutely. And you know, we we each fish respectively with with different companies. Uh, and when it comes to fly rods, uh, Matt, he likes, he enjoys fishing with the Orvis rods. Uh, I enjoy fishing with Orvis rods, but I also fish with moonshine rods, uh, which both companies are from these States yep. and both companies offer a very budget friendly option Definitely. Uh, when it comes to, let's say like you don't want to go out for a rod that, that, you know, you're not in a heavy action area. You're just doing yeah. uh, trout fishing or something like that. I mean, they both have uh, the clear water. Which one do you have? The clear water in a four weight. I have the clear water in a, in a four weight and a nine weight. Actually, they, okay. they're actually my wife's rods. Okay, uh, I, I've had them both. I've had I have them now in the four piece, but I did even have a uh, two piece four weight and a two piece eight weight yes. uh, before I got rid of those when I got the four piece. Yeah, and I mean uh, myself, I have the moonshine rod three weight four piece uh, drifter, which is. In, I mean, I love it for for trout fishing, yeah, and, for, and I believe that 
trout fishing is in a certain sense just like the rite of passage in fly fishing yeah i mean these rods you can have them at a young age and still progress with them because of the the length we have seven foot seven foot six my two ways is seven foot six exactly mine's a seven foot six too and and i believe that that is something that you know puts also an advantage for the adult fisherman that wants to do trout but also for that younger person, Definitely. you know, the, the child that wants to learn how to fly fish. And I mean, you're, when you're going to go after native brook trout, you're not going in this huge river most times. You're going to be either hiking through the woods or in some kind of underbrush somewhere that mm-hmm. a nine foot rod is just too much anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, earlier we were saying the rods that we have, you you have a four weight, I have a three weight. And you always want to match that with the reel that you're using. Super important. I mean, obviously. Yes, because you're going to be matching that also with the line that you're going to be using as well. Yep. So when we're talking about a reel that you want to match with a three weight. So if you're using a three weight uh, rod. rod, you can match that. If I'm not mistaken, you can match it from a one to three weight usually and a the, three to five. Yeah, usually that's how it goes. It goes yeah. one to three and then uh, three to five. Yeah. Then, then five to uh, five to eight, I believe, I and then after I, that, it's it kind of goes weird after five. It seems I've noticed it. Well, then it goes a, like six. There's yeah. like no five to eight is like yeah exactly three yeah. to five, and then six to eight. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I, even I have the one that I'm running on right now is a seven to nine. So, there you go. Yeah. I mean, even the six will sometimes be left out on this one. Yeah. But uh, no, absolutely, and you know, you want to match it. You can match it sometimes with variations of either the point that it finishes at or the point that it starts with. That all depends again on your retrieve yeah. rate you want, uh, yeah. on the size. I mean, obviously, yeah. it, the higher that you can get, the bigger the reel will be. So if you, yeah. you know, anyway. Yeah, and and you know, you'll be able to hold more line. The spool will exactly. be wider, and, exactly. and so on and so forth. But. Yeah. Uh, no, for sure. Uh, you want to be able to match those things. And the same thing, like I said, it goes for your line, your line. And, you know, in the end, after we've we've described all this, we're going to actually suggest a kit. Our, our selection, let's say, of a kit that you would, you know, you could literally just say, I want this, 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 and this. And be out in the water in and hours. And be out in the water in hours. You yep. know, you can go to your your stores, your local stores, either it be Bass Pro, Cabela's, uh, Sale, Baron Spa, uh, you know, Letchelip, whatever. If you're from anywhere. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Your yeah. local fly shop, they'll mostly have these type of products on the shelves. Yep. Otherwise, you just go onto their sites and you'll be able to get it too. But I mean, yeah, you exactly. know, we're trying to make it as easy as possible for everyone that's out there. So definitely, like uh, we talked about the, the rod. And we talked about, you know, lengths. We suggest a four-piece rod that we believe is being the, you know, most advantageous it for changed, everyone. To me, it changed the game, to be honest Exactly. With you. It really did. I get into much, uh, let's say, I hike into different spots now mm-hmm. because I'm not walking through the woods with a two-piece rod. Even even a two-piece rod broken in, in two pieces. Yeah, I mean, exactly. you're walking around with a four-and-a-half-foot tube. <laughs> yeah. which can get cumbersome you know what i mean yeah, so absolutely obviously it did change the game a little bit yeah and uh you know another option in the fly demographic and you know actually before we jump onto that if you're not interested in fly fishing yeah you also have your casting options yeah your spinners and everything like that now in the spinners you have you know your your um your bait casters yep and then you have also your spinner, spin, spin rods. Spin yeah, rods. Spinning rods yeah. Now, do keep in mind, th- 
the rod of a bait caster and the rod and your spinning rod are two different variations. Definitely. One has a trigger and the other one doesn't. Yep. And what I mean by trigger is on the underside of the rod on a bait caster, you'll have a trigger for your, uh, what's that finger? The, index finger. Your index finger to be placed there. And also your eyelets, your, 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 all the eyelets that are on top of your rod that are yeah. following the line will actually not be the same size. On a spinner rod, they'll be larger. On a bait caster, they'll be very small all the way through. Yep. And I mean, personally, I, I'll admit I have practically no experience on a bait caster. Mm. Uh, down our way, <clears throat> excuse me, down our way here, um, bait casters are really not that popular because we don't really have these species that you normally see people using bait casters for, you know, like yeah, well, large in the bathers bass. area, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. In the bathers, if you go area. more down, like around St. John and all that, I'm there, sure they, they have they bass have and smallmouth sure. and all that there. But up here, where we have brook trout, stripers, and salmon, most people aren't using bait casters. You yeah. know, first of all, salmon is fly only. Yeah. And then stripers, you're in salt water, so most guys are using spinning rods. Or fly rods. Or fly rods. Yeah. And then brook trout, same thing. Most guys are using spinning and, yeah. and fly rods. You could use, a, like, I would see the utility of a bait caster if you were brook trout fishing, like, in the spoon. Yeah, uh, for sure. In the spoon timeline. Yeah. You could use a bait caster in smaller rivers yeah. and, and, and tributaries and different things like that because a bait caster's, like, main goal was for the preci- the precision of the shooting. Exactly. Uh, I mean, you could really just, you know, throw your lure straight underneath a, a, a low-hanging hedge or, or you know, yep. tree line or something like that. And with a baitcaster, you can do that. But the, I would say, like, I would actually throw this out as a debate in wondering, because on most occasions, a baitcaster, you're going to use, um, not threaded, you're going to use... A braided line. Braided line, yes. thank you. And uh, with braided line... I'm even wondering if it's, you know, we always use monofilament if you're using casting or, you know, your line, your leader line is going to be transparent. I wonder if braided line is something that it would be too apparent for trout. And I, I would like to have that, ans- you know, have somebody answer that for me. And even we could answer it with research later on. But yeah. it's something that that I've always had up for debate. And I also feel that like braided line, it wears out. It, I mean, unless you go for a high weight you yeah, know. exactly. Because I mean, for stripers, uh, we use we use braided line on there, but we're talking about you know sixty, eighty pound, uh, yeah, braided line. I mean, yeah, absolutely. not something we're using for for native brook trout. And on top of that, well, exactly. And on top of that, I mean, your braided line, you have to think about it. This is this is a fabric. This exactly. Is, no, it, this is something that over you know you can't just keep on your reel for a while. It, definitely, it will not just stretch. It will dry and it will break. Like yep. by looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, we have, you have those casting reels and whatnot. Uh, you, with Bass Attack Fishing, you're running off of? I'm running off of, uh, I use strictly pen reels, all spinning reels. Yeah. Um, I've used pen personally before uh, opening up with Bass Attack. But, yeah, what I, I mean, especially, again, we're going to come in this in another, another little bit. It's, you got to choose your gear for the water you are fishing in. Being said, uh, freshwater, saltwater. And here uh, in the Bathurst region, we have the opportunity to be able to fish both salt and freshwater minutes apart from each other. Yeah, absolutely. So I primarily am in saltwater. So it's very important to have, you know, sealed mechanisms, 
mm-hmm. uh, both in my fly rods and my my spinning rods. Yeah, having uh, things jam up. I think you you've been through that already. I mean, and like I say again, I I buy pen reels, uh, which are sealed and everything, and I still get them seizing up with salt water. So yeah. I mean, and I rinse them out every you know. You got to do that maintenance. Yeah. Salt, salt just gets in everywhere. Salt water is like the enemy of everything. Even if you get a reel that says it's like fully sealed, sealed bearings, everything like that, it's like it always ends up just being sticky, sticky, and, and yeah, just it, jamming right it, up. There's stainless steel, aluminum, you know, constructions, yeah. but they still you see the salt build up on there in no time, yeah. and even rinsing it out after every time. So that that is also another point in both your rod and your reel selection what type of water you're going to be fishing primarily with it. Mm-hmm. Because most of the time, if you buy a saltwater rig, you can automatically fish fresh water. I mean, that's, yeah. that's you know, that's, a no-brainer. Yeah. So if you plan, in my opinion, if you plan in any way to use it in both, invest one-shot deal into a good saltwater setup. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not talking about if you're going after, like, large species, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you're going after uh, mackerel, stripers you can still use some of that gear in fresh water yeah you know obviously you still have to go fish size wise yep but i mean you know it it would be very much worth your while to look into yeah and you know going back a little bit on a description just to give you guys a bit of an idea when we're talking about like bait caster uh a bait caster if you've never actually seen one before uh, you can look up anything like companies like abu garcia they have some rapala use some too daiwa Uh, daiwa uses some as well uh there's there's a whole bunch of them out there but a bait caster is a free-flowing you know centerpiece uh like i can't i don't know the exact name of it but it's a wheel and by casting it you're uh, you're actually using your thumb as a break yeah and also as you know once you press the back latch on those things it's free spool. It's free spool. Make sure you have your thumb holding that because you will get a backlash. It is it it's instantaneous. Yep. It's like even if the lure stops or hits the water, that reel will continue spinning in its momentum and oh, all yeah. that slack will not leave. It will build up all in that one spot. And I've seen uh, major messes with those things. I, I That's why I've never used one to be honest yeah, with you. I've literally like the moment I bought one, I got to the edge of the water, I spooled it. First cast out, chucked it, messed it up. I had a knife in there and everything because I didn't know how oh, you could man. take that out. But yeah, it's, no. it's actually really easy once you you know. <laughs> I mean, I messed up that spool with a knife in there. It was horrible. And I just spent like almost 200 bucks on that, wow. that reel and everything. It was the greatest day of my life. But uh, <laughs> why had I never heard that story? <laughs> I still have the reel in my tackle boxes. You, <laughs> no I'll way. show you. It, it's, it's all messed up. <laughs> And yeah, it's like the anger made me keep it. <laughs> okay. Well, at least at least you didn't, you know, it's a, it's waste me- your money. Yeah, it's memory lane every me- time I open up the tackle box. Yeah. But uh, no, you know, that's one thing. And, uh, you know, when we talk about a spinning reel, that there you have companies like, again, Daiwa. Pen. Pen. Yeah. That make them. And if I'm not mistaken, I Pen and Daiwa are pretty much in direct, you know, competition between yes. quality and, yes. and everything like that they look yes. great yeah. uh and you can get a whole bunch of sizes with that and they're very they're you know if you go into your local fishing store they're very cost effective too definitely i mean spinning spinning reels spinning setups is probably the most cost efficient you know 
setup you can can get your hands on. Yeah, unless you get one of those like little whale ones, oh, little clip back whale ones. There. Don't get me wrong, you you can you know. <laughs> they all come in the pre oh, the yeah. pre-packed everything with exactly. Little, oh, well, mean, this is a good bass setup. Yeah, yes. no, no, you know, do your research, uh, gear selection to to enjoy yourself on the water. I mean, the best info I can give you is educate yourself on what you need, what works, and. And the best place to do that is, you know, contacting your, your local guide, your local tackle shop, your local, yep. you know, that's, some people say sometimes, like I, I get calls all the time, what should I use in that? And some people say, well, why are you telling these people what to use? You know, they're, they're taken away from your business. I, I agree that it probably does affect a little bit, but I'm also not there to be a secret keeper and to, yeah. you know, if, no, if I sure. can help anybody to enjoy fishing. Hey, that's how it is you, you know? know yeah all the better <laughs> all the better and uh other things that we that we're going to suggest and, and that fishermen should use waders and boots waders and boots i mean if you're going to do especially fly fishing yeah you know if you're going to be out there fly fishing, well even casting oh, just even, walking down a river and you're casting spoons you can definitely waders and boots is not you know strictly just for fly fishing no. and i think people like almost feel that way when yeah. they see it and the way I see it, though, is that most times the fly fishermen won't be in a boat or a canoe or that kind of, you know. So that's why I always focus more on my waders when I'm fly fishing just because I feel like, I, I ha- not that I have no choice because I do fly fish out of kayaks and, and yep. you know. But I feel like that's just, it goes hand in hand. I know it, it shouldn't be necessarily, but yeah, you can use them for, for any type of fishing, really. Oh, yeah. And, like, let's say we start off with waders. I mean, waders, we have, you know, you have lightweight. They're a lot more lightweight than they were before. Right? They're you a lot have, cooler. Yeah, I remember like, those things, man, being like a giant rubber boot. Yeah, it you literally would die like. die of heat yeah. in the summer. Like, oh, man, what it were we doing? It was just like, it was a gigantic rubber impermeated, oh. you know, like. And just to give you a, a, a sense But they would of it, tear, like, there's no tomorrow. They would tear, but <laughs> the smell that would come out of those oh. things when you'd peel them off at the end of the day, man. If oh. you could. if Yeah, first of if all, you if you could. could peel them off. Yeah. I mean, it was all great when you had cold running water on you, but it, it'd be like Walk a Walk to suction. the truck. Oh, man. A human condom. <laughs> yeah, really, honestly, you know, and it was it was horrible. But today's waders are made so much differently. Um, and again, I'm going to go with um, with Orvis. I mean... Uh, Sims makes great waders. Sims makes good ones. Patagonia too. makes great ones. Yep. Uh, but I have the Orvis ones. Uh, since they came out with their new stitching methods, they're like sonic seamed, mm-hmm. sonic sealed okay. seams. Uh, I mean, there's no stitching to them. They're bonded. They're, yeah. they're completely, completely sealed. No problems. Uh, neoprene and there's both boot foot and booty to get your your booty, boot, booty <laughs> to get your your boots afterwards. Which I suggest strongly because, uh, you know, we both, I think you, yeah, you have felt soles as well. I have the felt soles right now. So yeah. felt soles uh, are are great for, for like non-slip in the river. On like rocks. and On rocks and yeah. stuff, you know, for the moss and that. They're not that great in snow. <laughs> no, <laughs> they have no not. grip in snow. They have no grip on every other, other surface. Than in the water. In the water, they're great. Outside <laughs> the water, not so great. Don't walk down hills with Don't them. Don't walk down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dave. But see, that's one thing. You have to check with your local uh, areas because some rivers do not allow felt soles. Yeah. Or if they do allow the felt soles, 
you have to have a pair of boots for each river you fish in. Yeah, because they're they're afraid of the cross con- cross contamination. Yeah, because they will they will carry bacteria. I mean, it's yeah. felt. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, like, obviously. Yeah. So and I, I mean, I try to like every single I, time that I've used mine, I, I've always tried to rinse them out. As I rinse much them as out and I turn them upside down right in the sun to yeah. bake off anything I can. Yeah, exactly. And then I, I mean, bring them out in salt water. <laughs> That'll kill anything. <laughs> It'll kill anything, especially yeah. down here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it even kills your reels. <laughs> yeah, it kills everything. But yeah, you know, that's, and then you get the rubber sole boots yep. for, you know, great for hiking. Yep. Rubber sole boots, you can also get screw in. Um, Little pegs in the yeah, bottom there. I find I that those are fine if you're going to be. I don't know if you're allowed cleats though. Yeah, you are. You're allowed cleats yeah. in, in uh, I thought some rivers actually. I've they, never heard a restriction of that around here. Yeah, I didn't know. I, but maybe not. The only thing I find, I've used them once. Mm-hmm. Those things do not grip on rocks. Oh well, yeah. They're you, you, super great on like. Like if you're walking down uh, a hill, down a hill, <laughs> uh, across like a beaver pond type thing where there's sticks and that yeah, yeah. works super great. Hit a rock with it, it's worse than than just having just, you, know, you know anything else. Exactly. So you got to watch. That's that's one thing you really got to watch out for. Yes, absolutely. And uh, if if we're looking at lines, you know, now we're going to suggest lines. So, so we suggested that you know, in terms of boots. Well, actually, you know what? We didn't actually suggest something in terms of boots yet because that's in our kit later on. But you know. In terms of the boots that you have, that we have access to, it's worth the extra money that you could invest in, in my personal opinion. Like, I'm not throwing dirt again, like I always say on, on almost every episode, but I'm not throwing dirt at like Canadian Tire or Walmart no, or anything no, like that. Uh, I mean, I'm naming them, but whatever. Uh, they sell, you know, yeah. the boots that you need in case you need it, right? Yeah. But again, like we were saying, you know, the boots that you can get from there, yeah, okay, if you have the money, you know, you don't have that much money, like, okay, you can go for it. But in my opinion, you're going to buy another pair in like exactly. a year, if not. Consider that right know, away. Put that into your factors. So if you're thinking about going, you know, fishing often, I would say invest in a good pair of boots and you're not going to invest that much. Exactly. It's like you're buying like two pairs for one. And even, I wouldn't even say that much, really. If you're yeah. going to invest in a good pair... It'll still be cheaper than buying two pairs of the cheaper versions. Yeah, in in my opinion as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, you know. And and you know what? Another thing too that that's a huge advantage to this is that most companies that are out there have a massive warranty. Oh yeah. On their 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 products. Yep. So you're looking. I mean, you know, I I could almost say it this way: Don't be too poor to be cheap. No, exactly. You know what I mean? It's yep. not. I'm not trying to say that to be mean to anything. No. But it's like you can't afford if you don't have the money then then don't buy something that you're going to have to replace exactly so often yep because in the end you're paying just as much there if not more if not more than you would have if you would have just invested in that product with a 25 year warranty on it no fault meaning as, whatever as happens example, just change it <laughs> and as an example i mean i've had my felt sole boots for i want to say 11 or 12 years now and i mean we fish more often probably than the guy that's wanting to go fish for a weekend here and there. Yeah, exactly. And they're still fine. Yeah, absolutely. So, but I did invest a little bit more money. You know? Yeah. No, no, I couldn't. I mean, we're completely on the same page on that one. Uh, and I mean, you know, this is something that we stress out to all of, you know, you guys that listen and stuff like that is exactly that. Like, just take the time to make your research and take the time to just invest. If you have to wait a little bit longer, wait a little bit longer, but... It's so much worth it if you go with brands that have good warranties. 
and you know fill out those cards in the boxes <laughs> yeah warranty cards are very important don't throw them out yeah. <laughs> like it's just it's five minutes of your time and it's worth it definitely now you know what i'd like to jump into right now is let's let's build a kit for these guys all right for everyone so in what we're going to do is I'm going to build a kit, like, we'll, we'll build a kit together, but let's say we give them a kit for fly fishing. Okay. Okay. What would you suggest as a rod type? As You mean rod type? It, again, this, you want to do it, let's say, for two different size species or? Yeah, sure. Okay. Let's do it for two different size. I mean, if you're going to be fishing anything, in my opinion, uh, native brook trout, uh, you know, uh small maybe smallmouth bass largemouth bass something like, you know yeah. something not too too large of a fish you know yep. i mean you can still i mean i fought I'll, I'll tell you this after i fought large fish with small rod type thing <laughs> yeah. all right but let's let's say a nice i fish with a two weight you fish with a three weight yep and i bought a four weight for my wife yep let's go four weight because then you kind of can't go wrong in yep. my opinion okay so let's go four weight fly rod what brand? I'm going to say Orvis. Orvis Clearwater? Be, yeah, Orvis Clearwater, budget-friendly, uh, you know, great support, 25-year warranty, Yep. no questions asked, uh, great product, made, you know, not made overseas, made mm-hmm. in made the United in your, States, yep. you know. Uh, it's not local, but it's, it's pretty not, local. It's not Canada, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's still North America, let's put it that way. Main Vermont, been around forever. Yep. So yeah, I I recommend uh, the Clearwater four weight, and if you want to go into salmon, uh, stripers, uh, you know that kind of stuff, steelhead, uh, eight weight, same rod, same brand. Yeah. Four and eight. Four and eight, and and like pretty much there's no very well there's a slight variation in price, but there's really not that huge of a difference no. in price. And uh, myself, what I would do is I'd actually if. if it comes to that. If you suggest that, I'd suggest the bat and kill reel. Yeah. I mean, I'm rolling with the bat and kill reel on my three weight. And it, I mean, like we said earlier on, it can go all the way up. If, if I'm not mistaken, it goes all the way up to a three to five. Yep. So if you're going with a four weight rod, then you put a, five, a three to five weight reel on there, bat and kill. And that thing is just, it's it's like a tank. It, yeah. Oh, you'll I mean, never see the end of it. You'll never see the end of it looks super sharp with proper sharp. care with proper care yeah it looks super sharp uh, on almost any reel that you put it on uh rod sorry that you put it on and having a three to five weight rod uh reel puts you in the good range for the proper type of uh of line that you can put in there yeah, and it also comes in an eight weight i own it in an eight weight yeah i don't own it in the three but i do own it in an eight so yeah yeah Absolutely. And I mean, uh, if we look at larger species, mm-hmm. like you say, we can use the same reel, same thing as the, the, the rod itself. And again, budget friendly. Budget friendly. We, absolutely. We, we actually spotlighted that reel in a, in a, pre, in a previous I think episode. We spotlight, yeah. We spotlighted it. And I believe it was like in the first or second episode yeah. that we talked about it. Yeah. Super great. Uh, second episode, I believe. Okay. Yeah. And uh, on top of that, if we look at waders. Waders, uh, clear water waders. Again, again, yep. Orvis. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, in no way am I sponsored by Orvis or anything <laughs> like this. I've just been fishing with this gear for a long time. So yeah, yeah, definitely clear water waders, um, durable. Like we were saying, the new seam system is amazing. Yeah, uh, they're light, they're cool. 
Uh, yeah, they, they got storage pockets. They got yes, you know that's uh, true. I have the build. older model, the well, the the encounters, which were the older version of, which are the older version of the the clear waters yep. that came out. And I have the they made clear waters before that. Yeah, and then they went clear water encounter, and they're back to clear water. Yeah, so I have the original clear, clear water. water, and then I I bought the because Orvis does make. I mean, we're talking about these waders, but Orvis oh, yeah. does make three or four different kinds they make yeah, they the ultra lights pro, pro models and stuff That's, like that i got the pro model now the only real difference with the pro model is that uh, the fabric's a little thicker mm-hmm. which allows you to slide down embankments <laughs> and not rip them up <laughs> fall through snow uh anyway yeah so i'm glad i have the i need the pro ones i'm not gonna lie i was looking at the pants i was kind of like worried, worried. <laughs> i was worried again i'm not gonna say it but <laughs> yeah yeah but, uh, you know, uh, like Clearwater waders. Yep. They even come out with the same boots. Yep. Clearwater boots. I mean, we're, we're sticking to Orvis on this uh, one. I, I'm sorry. We're going to sell you an Orvis uh, kit. Yeah. <laughs> the sales for Orvis will be skyrocketing tomorrow. But, I mean, when you find something that works, good quality, I mean. Their, their warranty is killer on Their it. warranty is amazing. There's, I mean, I we've just placed an order, what, last week? Yep. And I mean, their support staff, and even through all this COVID-19 things, I had no problems getting that order, tra- yeah. order tracked across the uh, the border. Uh, yeah. You know, well, I had you... no problems at all. Definitely worth it. I've been buying their gear for yeah. years and yeah, yeah well, just great stuff. Definitely that. And, and you know, we say like, you know, this is an Orvis kit and stuff like that. It's just like. There are other companies out there, Patagonia, oh. like you were saying, for the, the boots, the waders, there's Sims, there's Patagonia and stuff like yeah. that. We don't, the, the thing is, is we don't know them well enough to say that we can, exactly we can suggest them in a yeah. certain sense. Yeah. But I mean, I've fished with people that, that have used Same those different here. products. And I think like the one criteria that I always hear and that I always see is the price. Yep. Price for these companies, yes, are, they are super great companies, but what we're suggesting to you guys right now are things that are cost effective. And Orvis just seems to have that entry line of having a super good warranty, yep. super good quality at a good price. Exactly. And to be honest with you, that you're, you're totally right. And again, this is not a sales point. This is just the honest opinion exactly and i mean look it up yourselves yeah you'll see it right away you i mean you'll exactly like francis he has the sim boots that yep he got on sale at like almost 300 dollars. i know he got them on sale at that much i could not do it uh, exactly i wouldn't be able to do it it tears once and it's almost like if you just like yeah you're almost crying yep. <laughs> and uh i mean other than that it's just it's easy suggestion it's that's how it is right so with that, what we're going to do is we're going to actually jump into topic number two. Topic number two is... Conservation methods, things that are being done, you know, to, to protect our sport and, and keep it going for generations to come. Yeah, and what we mean by that is, you know, different methods of keeping bag limits, keeping, uh, you know... Size limits. Size limits, yeah. uh, you know, different ways that... Maybe your local area is using to restock the yep, rivers, definitely. the river systems, and the you know organizations around organizations. You know, your, your areas, our areas, we have many different ones here because absolutely. of our sea run Atlantic salmon, which absolutely. is very highly. And even different things such as like tournaments, yeah, that put emphasis on catch and release, yep, 
And also, what, what were we? What were you talking about earlier on? You were saying about photo. Yeah, it's it's a kind of a popular. There, there. I I found it hilarious when I heard it the first time because I didn't. I'd never heard about it before. It's CPR fishing, so catch photo release. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, the first time I heard that, I was like, "What are we talking about?" Because they didn't explain it. They were just like, "Yeah, this is." A, it was actually a tournament, and okay. they're like, "This is a CPR fishing tournament." I was like what? What's what? Is, going, what's? The, do we I ain't doing no mouth to mouth with no fish. No, there's, there's no CPR going on here. And anyway, when it came out, I, I actually found that you know, pretty good, pretty nice, and then. I've actually started a lot of that myself. I don't, other than stripers, I very, very rarely keep a fish myself. Yeah. You know, I release most fish that I catch uh, unless I go with my kids and they want to keep their fish and eat their fish on the, yeah, as on long the barbecue as you, when we get home. As long as you know it's not wasted. That's, no, That's exactly. really how it is. Exactly. You know? And again, uh, as in, in um, funds, like conservation funds and that, you know, uh, your local Bass Pro uh orvis again yes. very 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 huge uh contributors to uh yes they actually have a an, on the products that we that we just recently received they have a tag that i believe probably they've had for a while now uh but if i'm not mistaken they have something about five dollars or something like that yeah, or it's, five it's five percent five percent five percent of their sales are going to to conservation yeah. methods and stuff like that which is super great another yeah. reason why <laughs> another reason to shop for Orvis. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I mean, again, they're not the only ones that do that. No, no. But it's just, you know, you know it, it, it's a good thing. Exactly. It's nice to see that the companies that are involved the most in the sport are helping save the sport. Yep. No, for sure. Well, I mean, they have to help save the sport. If For their livelihood, they have to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Nobody right. fishes anymore. Nobody's going to be buying fish and stuff anymore. That's right. And, you know, like uh, when we talk about conservation methods... Uh, you have bag limits that changed. You have the salmon here. Now, now we got hit pretty hard yeah. with that. And that was what? That was in 2015. Yeah, that went that from... happened For the Atlantic salmon, we got hit really hard with these bag limits. Because I remember when I was younger, we had we were able to have like... Eight bags. I think it was eight tags, yeah. yeah. I was about to say 10, but I remember... When... I think it was 10 before, but I don't, I don't remember 10. Yeah. I remember eight. I mean, you would have eight tags. You're allowed two salmon per day. I don't know how I don't remember back then how much it was in your possession though, but because uh, I was too young for that to even think about that at yeah. the time, it was just like my dad was telling catch me two. I could catch two, and I was like, "Hey, we're gonna catch two, but we never really did. No. No. <laughs> and and even then, that shows like that's how how you know as rare as it was getting. Yeah, they were they were allowing you to keep two per day and and having eight tags per year. Yep. But we were still, you were you were lucky enough if you could fill two tags in one year. I honestly don't think I've ever used a tag. Yeah. Like, you know? Well, I, I've used one, and to be completely honest with you, I can't even say that I properly caught it. Okay. Because at a certain point when I was younger, I was just getting, like, bored. Because <laughs> at a certain point when it's been, like, hours you've been fishing on the river, and I was just letting the line drag. Okay. And then my dad says, hey, just pass me your rod out because he was asking me and obviously i was complaining about like this rod doesn't cast well and you know so on and so being forth typical kid being a typical kid in the water and uh, i was i was borderline starting to throw the rocks you know like when the kid starts <laughs> throwing the rocks in the time water it's time to go <laughs> and uh, no right when i pass the rod to my dad he goes 
Well, you got a fish. You got a fish on the end of this. Oh man! <laughs> and I had a salmon on the end of it. You pulled it in. Really? You know, brought it in the whole works. Nice. <laughs> we, we were able to keep it, but I mean, yeah. I can't really consider that your caught. first salmon. <laughs> no, that didn't work. No, no. But um, no, it, I mean, bag limits really changed up afterwards. Huge. I remember it, it dropped down to four tags. Yep. And then all of a sudden, it's just it disappeared. It didn't stay at four very long. It went from like always eight to four for like a year or two. Yeah. Yeah. And then went to zero. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's like, that's a huge, you know, reason. I mean, the, the huge reason of that is there's probably, yes, some type of species that is, that is you know, affecting it. But I think in large, it's because of what we've done. <laughs> it's what's being done elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. If anybody looks up Atlantic salmon, um, where we have limits and tags... And no commercial fishing for them. Yeah. When they swim across the pond to the other side, it's just... It's a free-for-all. <laughs> free-for-all, man. I've known people that have went fishing in Iceland and Finland for Atlantic salmon. And they've told me they will never go back. It was it was something to... When when you come from here to go there, they, they did not enjoy their fishing trip. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's... It's what is a bit unfortunate in a certain sense, as I say, like, w you'll always hear people complain about, oh, oh yeah. yeah, it's because of this species that's, that's decimating the, you know, their populations. It's an overpopulation. And we can say that for striped bass and so like It's an overpopulation. But I mean, the problem's been there even before they were exactly. back. So, I mean, it's obviously it's not helping. No, it's not helping. But we, we created that problem, yeah. <laughs> that issue, uh, be it here or be it elsewhere, anywhere in the world. Um, and then also, you know, uh, you have length limits. Yep. So, I mean, I don't know if you want to get into, because the, especially for striped bass, you, exactly. you know it most right now because you've, you, your company is based out of that. And the striped bass here have returned uh, since 2013. They were, there's a long period of time that they were not in the region. And then the, the, the population really jumped back and the migra migration really came back then. And I remember the first years you were only allowed to keep, uh, it was like one, uh, I think it was like one a day with one in possession uh, between 50 and 60 centimeters in length. Now in inches, 50, uh, to be honest with you, I don't even, I don't even 40. know what that is. Yeah. You know, I don't even know what that is in, in, uh, in inches. So 50 to 60 centimeters was the first one. That was for a few years. And then they jumped it up to, uh, 50 it's 50 to 65 now and you're allowed to keep three day with three in possession which means if you catch your three and bring them home you got to eat those three before we're going to catch three more yeah. uh, which i believe will sustain a very healthy population and this is a total length it's not fork length like salmon is measured in was measured in because uh, salmon, I believe, was like 63 centimeters. It was like an yeah, odd number. It was a really odd number. For some reason, <laughs> I, I remember it being well, 63. If I'm not mistaken, you had odd numbers. You couldn't keep if it was below a certain yeah. a certain length. And then you could keep it when it was in between the lengths that you could not keep anymore. Yeah. And like they always had this middle length kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And then there was also the difference because you had landlocked salmon and then you had, you know, your sea-run salmon. That's curious enough. Landlocked salmon, you're still allowed to keep, and you can get tags for that. Yes, you can get yeah, tags for it. But, that, I mean, yeah. you had, it was, 
it was really strange because it's like you had two different sizes for two yeah. different well not two different species salmon is you know the salmon, salmon, salmon were yeah. salmon it's just one was sea run or not sea run or not yeah and the size difference in bag limit or in size limit was actually different for the both that's what i found was kind of weird i guess yeah. they just figured one was stronger at a certain point where the other one was weaker at a certain a certain point but you know that's that's to be answered later <laughs> yeah that that's out of our knowledge we're no scientists <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> and uh you know the when we were talking about like bag limits we're talking about possession limits you were saying exactly that like mm. for striped bass your possession limit was three this year yep uh, which was a jump from the beginning season i remember where it was only one yep uh it, it didn't take long it took like one about a year no it that took see the first year we only had we had two striper seasons yeah there was like two two-week seasons and then the year after it went to two or three three-week seasons yeah and then after that after two years then it opened up from uh start from, to finish yeah like april 15th april to october 31st yeah type we, thing. we don't have anything yeah, here in bathurst on april 15th but neither I mean, on may 26th <laughs> yeah because <laughs> we just went out tonight and did not catch anything. yeah exactly we still don't have them here yeah but uh i, I know miramichi they have them quite they have them earlier than us so, yeah. so that's pretty much why they opened it up you know for the province yeah um but also there's, you know, these are methods that each individual can take personally. Yep. But then we also have other type of con uh, conservation methods uh, that, you know, other companies do. Like we were saying earlier on, Orvis that does a percentage of sales. Yep. Uh, you have, I know here that in Pisiguit, they they restock the, the salmon, salmon Federation. Yes. They restock the salmon in the rivers. And, and what I find is very interesting is they'll, they'll post it on Facebook, which is pretty cool that they yep. do that. Um, and I remember when I was in British Columbia at Powell River, we would, uh, with the schools, the schools would restock That's salmon cool. uh, in the rivers that would feed to the ocean and stuff like that. And we'd wow. do it by huge batches. And that was really fun. That was fun to do. And it was always an outing because we got to miss school anyways. Yeah, exactly. That's always good. <laughs> got to go to the park where the river Stay was. Stay in school. <laughs> Stay in school. But, you know, I wouldn't complain. No. <laughs> It's a free day. <laughs> yep, on the river yeah. with fish. With fish, it was good pretty day. cool. <laughs> good day. Couldn't understand pretty much what was coming out of it, but you know, like good at day. that time, it was a good day. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, like these conservation methods, I believe are are integral and very important. Oh, definitely. Without yeah. them, we're done in a few years. Exactly, uh, to conserve our sport, because you know, I could say that. I work for a company that, that that probably affects this type of sport the most. Yes. Uh, with runoffs and everything yeah. like that. I mean, if I work up north, I work in the mines, not throwing dirt on a company that pays me my, my paycheck no, at the end of no. the month. But, I mean, if we look at... Byproduct of mining <laughs> do affect, yeah. you know. and Byproducts and of mining, it's it's one of the, the heaviest tolls on our yep. sport in a certain sense. Definitely. It, it'll ruin a river in, in a matter of seconds. Yep. Uh, we have an example of that right here in town. Exactly. We yeah. have a river here that we had the largest zinc mine in the world, uh, 45 minutes outside of town Yeah. with one river running right next to it. And they were using that river uh, for their water because in the, in the process they needed water. Yeah. And then their, uh, their tailing ponds and everything else uh, ended up seeping through the ground, getting into the river and completely decimated the entire thing there was yeah, nothing exactly. left in there at all <laughs> after many many years it's starting to return but yeah you know 
And then I did the mistake of <laughs> fishing at the mouth of that river, thinking to myself, like, man, wow, this, what this, a river. Is, this is a prime spot. Until Matt tells me, like, you know. There's nothing there's in there. There's nothing in there anymore. That should like, I have told him? <laughs> That's a question, you know. <laughs> yes, you should have. <laughs> a little earlier. It's good thing I didn't have any holes in my boots. But uh, <laughs> Dave glows now. <laughs> Can I have kids? <laughs> but uh, no, for sure. Like it's, it's all you know, it's all part of the the, the conservation and different things like that. And these. These are obviously the ways that we conserve and the ways that we try to restock and stuff like that are to counteract the negative effects of what, you know, pays our bills exactly. in the, the year, you know? Yeah. So, um, no, for sure. And I believe, like, you know, we're doing a good part now. We have implemented things that I believe work best uh, so far. There are, I have some, you know, kind of, Concerns to concerns be, to on certain least, things yeah. because I tell myself like, you know, in New Brunswick, we've let's go back to salmon there. Like in New Brunswick, we've eliminated the the opportunity to be able to keep any salmon. Yep. But under the same bay, and I have nothing against people from Quebec, but I mean under yep. the same bay. Yep. I mean they can keep it. It's a free for all. I mean you just have to cross the line. And throw your line this way, and you're <laughs> catch fine. the same salmon, yep. and you're absolutely fine. Yep, that I find is a bit concerning. Exactly, because it's like we're doing our part into conserving it, but we're why are we the only ones? Exactly, we're we're letting others keep yep. it. So you know, yep. whatever it happens. But yeah, hey, and I mean, Newfoundland <laughs> and Labrador uh, are doing their cho- their part in conserving as well. Yeah, you know, I shouldn't say that nobody else does it, but uh, it's just especially annoying when. You can be on one side of a river, looking at a guy on the other side of the river, yeah. and he can keep it. Yeah, I he's mean, within. You don't, and I mean, you don't even need binos to see the guy keeping the fish. <laughs> exactly. You, know? you could pretty much just ask him, pitch the line over here. Yeah. If you hook something, just put it on his hook and let him drag it over to the other side. Exactly. Have it. Exactly. <laughs> You're gonna keep it anyways. Yeah. So you know, with that, I think uh, we've pretty much touched base on on most products, unless you want uh, on most products oh. and topics on methods. No, I think we're really good with that. But uh, I'm gonna let you go with the product of the day, Matt. All right. So for the product of the day, uh, we built you guys a little kit there a while ago, and uh, depending on what kind of uh, day of fishing you want to do, you're gonna need some kind of pack, uh, you know. And we did leave this out for the product of the day. Um, there's a bunch of different packs. There's hip packs, there's backpacks, there's chest packs. But today, uh, I'm going to give the insight on my personal favorite, the sling pack. Uh, again, a Norvis product. <laughs> you know, uh, sorry about that if if anybody, you know, does well, not like Orvis. <laughs> Patagonia makes a really nice one yes, too, though. exactly. Uh, he has a Patagonia one. Okay. And, I mean, he, he didn't... Budget-wise, it was affordable. Okay. He did get it on sale, though, if I'm not mistaken, but it is a really nice pack. I, I've seen it. So Patagonia does make one. <laughs> yep. Thank you for saying that. But no, Orvis uh, Sling Pack, it's the Safe Passage Sling Pack. They make it in two sizes. They make it in regular or uh, guide. Big difference in there is literally the size, yeah. uh, you know, a few more square inches in there. Um, the regular is $89 US. The guide is $129. Uh, you got a water bottle holder in there. It's crossbody, front or back. 
uh, swings yep. around real easy. You yep. got nice places to put all your gear, your forceps, your nippers, your whatever you need. Um, and then for the the real avid fisherman that's looking for something to, you know, a little bit of rain ain't going to scare them. Yeah, you drop in the back in the, in the water. They make a waterproof version of this. Yeah. Uh, obviously, when you talk waterproof, you know the price is going up. You're looking at two twenty nine for this, but I mean it is dunkable, rainproof. Yeah. You know, it's like everything proof. Keep your cell yeah, phone, keep your license exactly, in there. Exactly. And, you know, you're not going to be worried that when it, when it dunks down. Cause it happens. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, and it's gone. <laughs> and it's gone. I honestly, I, uh, I have the safe passage guide pack. Uh, I do not have the waterproof version. Uh, but my father has the waterproof backpack. I have a waterproof boat bag. Uh, and I know another one of my buddies that has the waterproof backpack and we, my father's brought them to Alaska. Uh, he's brought them, you know, on a bunch of, on hunting trips, even they're yeah. just, they're just that versatile. And, uh, the waterproof version is, is nice. Yeah. It's a nice option yep. to have and everything like that. Yep. And, uh, like you said, I mean, the sling pack or the, the crossbody sling pack, yep. uh, like when I see Francis that has it, like I don't have that one. I have the, I have not a crossbody. It's just actually like a chest rig. Yeah. Uh, but I, I believe, like I strongly believe the 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 crossbody sling pack just has that much more versatility to it in a certain sense. Like a backpack and, and less cumbersome. That's it. When like it comes a backpack. To casting and everything. A backpack. You have to take it off to get what you need to get access in the. But back, the yeah. sling pack, you know, one buckle and you can swing it to the front. Yeah, and you do what you need to do. Swing it back to the back. You don't have to stop. You don't have to take it off. You don't have to. You know that yeah. sling packs, in my opinion, way to go. <laughs> They're the way to go. They're the way to go. <laughs> All right. So with that, we're gonna finish uh, our episode with that and sign out. So once, like we say every other episode, we hope that everybody is well and safe at home, and uh, you know with everything that's going on and and, and whatnot. So uh, we'd like to just wish everybody a safe. Uh, safe stay and also safe time on the water and I'm David and I'm signing out and I'm Matt and we'll see you on the water cheers cheers